Because these readings fall in the 32nd week of ordinary time, and there are only 33 weeks in ordinary time, almost invariably we hear this reading, or at least many, many years, in the month of November. And traditionally, the month of November is the month where we think about those who've preceded us in life. And it's not unusual at all, as you well know, in many parishes, to have some sort of altar of the dead or table or area set aside to commemorate those in the parish who've passed away. St. Joe's, of course, very beautifully has one out in the narthex. And I've been coming here now long enough to be able to notice when new faces turn up on that table. And you see them sort of progressing year to year. And every now and then I'll see a face of someone that I was used to seeing in the pews and not aware that they've passed away, but suddenly their picture is there. Now, here at St. Joe's, as you look out at that table with all the pictures of the loved ones who've passed away, just to the left of it, is a sign talking about encouraging vocations, all vocations in life. And it very prominently says YOLO, right? You only live once. I'm sure you've heard this acronym. You only live once. So think about your vocation very carefully. Someone once gave me a mug and it said at the top, hey Christians, YOLT, Y-O-L-T. You can think about that one. Little riddle for you. Because in our, you only live twice. <laughs> because, yeah, it took me weeks to figure it out, but I like the coffee. But I get it in a sense, right? There's something inside of us that says, I only got one shot at this, so I better not blow it. I better not get it wrong. And certainly when you think about your life's vocation, you can see why that might almost be a source of angst for some people. I got to get it right. I got to get it right. And I understand that I'm not knocking the, the poster, and I'm glad it's there. It's a good inspiration. But I sometimes wonder if the souls of all those whose pictures are represented there on the ledge, if they just glance over a little bit to their right, what do they think when they see that sign? And what are we invited to think as we see their faces? And I'd like to suggest that the power of their witness really is the power which is encourages us to not be frozen in fear or worry or anxiety by the YOLO theme. There's something in us that transcends the limitations that we know all too well in our humanness. We know that, yes, I have a choice to make, this job, that job, this person, that person, door number one, door number two, I've got choices, and the one choice I make means I don't make all these other choices. I get it. That's real at some level in our humanity. But at the deepest level, do we really believe what our faith says? That there's something there which transcends the obvious limitations. We get these readings paired up, the seven sons in Maccabees, the seven husbands in the Gospel, and I understand why they're put together. You've got some sevens there. But each one in their own way is facing a little voice that says, are we really going to transcend this situation? Are we really going to know the kind of community we know today once we breathe our last? Are we really going to be together again? Now, we can say very quickly, absolutely. 
you know, life after death, our souls are immortal, all the rest of that, joy of the resurrection. But let's be brutally honest. In that face of gripping grief, in that sense of loss or sadness that can come in real time, I'm not saying we don't know it theologically, but oftentimes there's still that gut-wrenching emotional experience. Yes, but. We'll be together again, but. There's hope for resurrection, but. Right now, I'm feeling awful YOLO. And if I don't get this chance back again, I'm never going to be the same. And that's the power of that experience, the power of that fear. It'd be wonderful if we always lived out of our reason, if we were always able to face down our fears with our rational truths. But that's oftentimes not the way it works, at least not in real time, where we're struggling and we're wrestling. A little theme for the GROW series is say yes to God even when it's hard. Fair enough. It's not easy when it's hard, that's by definition. But why is it hard? If we say saying yes to God is the most wonderful thing that we can do, saying yes to God will give our lives meaning and fulfillment, say yes to God is what God wants us to do, then why should it ever be hard? And I think those two pieces go together, the themes of the gospel and the hardness of making the choice that God calls us to. Because I like to suggest, and you don't have to agree with me, it's just a little homily, but if you want to grab coffee sometime, I'll unpack all my wisdom for you. But I'd like to suggest that the hardness of the Christian spiritual life, when it is hard or difficult, is oftentimes because it calls on a little death inside of us. It calls on a death of our ego, or it calls on a death of our holding on to something that for us seemingly is a source of control, a source of steadiness, a source of security. Very few of us choose to do the wrong thing just because it's the wrong thing. It's a choice we make because it brings some meaning, however twisted that meaning might be, but at least gives some meaning to our life. If I refuse to forgive you, well, at least there's security in that. I know who I am, I know who you are, we each play our role, and I can keep us there. There's some stability. If I take that step into the unknown of forgiveness, either offering it or asking of it, then all bets are off. I have no idea where that's going to go. I don't know how you'll respond. I don't know how I'll feel. I don't know how it will pan out. And there's a death in that. There's a little death in that, sometimes a big death in that, depending on the situation. Can I let go of what I thought was life-giving for me, even if it was a perverted, twisted kind of life? At least it was a breath, even if it was only a gasp. And can I let that go? Because, you know, I only live once. I only get one chance to offer you forgiveness, and you may turn it down. I only get one chance to dredge up that memory, that painful thing I keep buried in my heart, whatever that might be to bring it out for some healing. And if I screw it up, all I got left is a bunch of emptiness or isolation. There's a reason why following the law of the Lord is difficult and challenging. Because many times, maybe even most times, 
it calls for a certain death to self. And that can sound very poetic, but it looks like something. Every one of us in this room could name what that looks like. Whatever the most challenging thing is for you or for me on this day, on this morning, maybe just as a little spiritual exercise, name that thing for yourself. Where do you find it hardest to live out this Christian spiritual journey today? And don't just name some, you know, generic thing that anybody would name. Name what it is for you. And if you have trouble naming it, the person next to you probably has a pretty good idea, so you can ask them. And then just ask yourself, where is the fear of dying there? What is it that you're being asked to let go of? And face that fear which says, hey, I only got one shot at this. I've made a choice, and I'm more or less able to get through life this way. It's not the best. Yeah, when I do think about it, I I feel kind of lousy or stilted but I can get on without it. Face down that lie which says you only live once in this decision, this relationship, this situation. And if you need it as you're walking out today, take a meaningful glance at all the faces on the back ledge. Even if you don't know any of them personally, they know us. They're here with us and they give a witness that is crying out from their side to ours. In the book of Maccabees, they can talk about maybe we'll be together after death. Jesus talking to his disciples before he dies and rises, he can talk about being together after the resurrection and what they meant by it. But we live on our side of the gospel. When we say resurrection, we mean something they couldn't have meant in their wildest dreams. And so when we say, you only live twice, that's not just a catchphrase to stick on a mug. That really does look like something. But let the faces of those who've gone before us be the witness to speak the truth in the face of our lie. Catchphrases look good, they can be inspiring, but sometimes they can plant really unhelpful seeds. We know the truth, we should embrace it and live it.